0: Goodbye is the word we'll finish on. Right now, let's start on Hello. My name is Campbell Walker, otherwise known as Struthless Online, and this is Lightning in a Battle. This podcast is all about small hits of lightning, just to, I don't know, get you off the couch, to make you feel something, to take you from being a static blob which we all are from time to time, some weeks more than others, into being a blob that is jumping around the room and hopefully, I don't know, doing your dishes, making songs, finishing the book that's been on your bedside table for about eight months. Scratch that. Eighteen months. That a kid, what are you going to do? Anyway, she's 18 months now, and that book is dusty as hell. So let's get into the episode. We got five stories here, all starting with C., all loosely based around curiosity, a feeling that I think is malleable and that we can use to our advantage. On the program today, these five stories are Caroline Kornstner, a comedian and artist who has already achieved a lot at her young age, but not in a way that will make you jealous, more in a way that will inspire you. Trust me on that one. We got Captain KRB, a storyteller with, ugh, is it too cliche to say a twist? After this, I would like to talk about Cheryl Hayashi, a fascinating person with a fascinating obsession. Spiders. The fourth story I'm going to tell is about Chrono Photo, which is about a game that I think will make you see the world differently. Finally, the theme. We'll talk about C for curiosity. What is curiosity? What does it mean? And how can we use it in our own lives? Alrighty, that's the frickin' index. Let's read the book. Let's all hang out. Let's get cooking. Let's do math. Not the last one. Let's not do math. Story 1. Carolyn Constantine. Hi.
1: My name's Maurice. Some call me the gangster of love, but the state of California calls me a registered sex offender.
0: <laughs> you know the rapper Danny Brown? Danny Brown, who recently made that album with JPEG Mafia. JPEG Mafia, who I'm often told that I look like the white version of. And honestly, after a Google search, you might think the same. Anyway, Danny Brown has a very distinct tone of voice. For reference.
1: (laughs) My rap's like Tetris. Bars keep falling. Gotta know where to place them.
0: So you'll have to forgive me as I read out his quote in my voice. In the words of Danny Brown, there's a 16 year old white girl in New York that I think is the funniest person in the world right now. Her name's Caroline Kornstonar, which is a name she made up. She makes joke songs. She made a song about taking a shit in public.
1: And I'm just shit myself in
0: public. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Just once again, try to hear that in Danny's voice. <laughs> it's been four years since Danny said that about Caroline Kornstonar, and all I can say is it still holds up, she is still the funniest person in the world.
1: Hi there, I'm Josh Tabela. Most people when they first meet me think, that's a stupid name, and you're right, it is.
0: Like any brilliant creator or a brilliant parfait, there are layers to how you can consume them, and each layer gives you a different experience and a richer context of the whole. Caroline's surface layer is her videos. The funny videos, the ones that Danny said were about taking a shit in public.
1: AIDS, herpes, gonorrhea, scabies and crabs. Think you want them down your pants? No, you raging.
0: In those, she's quick-witted, poignant, nihilistic, absurd and unafraid. They're
1: great. I wanna be famous enough so I can commit felonies and
0: still walk free so if that is the first layer the next layer after the music and jokes is Caroline as an artist
1: I'm an artistic person
0: in fact being an artist is her identity the last name that she uses konstnär, is Swedish for artist which is why she picked it as her public facing surname she's an accomplished ballet dancer and even a terrific illustrator Last year, for example, she drew this illustration in a near-perfect rendition of Al Hirschfeld style. And while it probably helps that I'm a big Hirschfeld fan and that modern Hirschfeld fans are few and far between, damn, this was cool to see.
1: I'd rather make a passion project of a film like The Room or *Faithful Findings than make shitty 30-second videos that 12-year-olds will send each other.
0: Beyond this sense of creativity, Caroline also isn't afraid to push past the irony and actually say a few things about life, which brings us to the next part, the next section of the parfait. To keep this to three, as all the best lists do, the final layer that I appreciate Caroline Kornston are on is one that I struggle to name, but I don't struggle to recognise it. For now, I'm going to call it Sincerely Wonky Mental Health. People talking about mental health online, I think we all know this, it can go a number of ways. Uh, Sometimes it is a disingenuous brand claiming to care or an influencer just looking to make a quick buck. I don't know if you ever saw that Burger King campaign, the mental health meals, depression meals, anxiety meals, all of that. It was meant to be in contrast to McDonald's Happy Meals and for that particular campaign they kept saying how, no, we don't all have to be happy all of the time. But they didn't actually really do anything to combat depression. It was really just like, hey, look at us. Talk about us today. Talk about us today. Talk about us today. Yeah. What was all that about? Anyway, it's pretty forgivable if you're cynical when it comes to hearing the word mental health online. I am. But other times when you hear it, you just know it's real. It's raw and it's spoken from a place that you recognize deeply within yourself. There is this reddit post she made when she took a break from the internet a couple years ago. She describes her low with a scene that I imagine most of us know, but wish we didn't. In her words, I literally slept for days on end, and when I was awake, inhaled ridiculous amounts of food. My hands shook constantly because there was no dopamine in my brain, and my motor skills took a shit. The point is, I was lucky to have an opportunity to entertain you all, but I don't feel compelled to keep your engagement for the sake of attention. And there's this sense of uneasy hope as she ends her posts. Once again, with words that I find uncannily familiar. That said, just you fucking wait till I come back. Nothing's holding me back when I'm on two mood stabilizers and two antidepressants, which leaves me on the constant verge of a manic episode. Maybe it's the fact that we both have Reddit histories full of desperate questions to various bipolar subreddits, or maybe it's just the bluntness of it all. I'm not sure. But something about this really, really resonates. She wrote that post three years ago, and hey, she held true to her word. Today, she is back.
1: For so many years, I thought that there was something wrong with me, that I was the black sheep and I needed to change my personality. And after a lot of time and consideration, I realized who I was. I'm a piece of shit.
0: She's recently begun a new project called Best Friend Simulator.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Best Friend Simulator. (laughs) My name is Best Friend Caroline. This is Best Friend Will.
0: All right, my face is up here.
1: <laughs> His face is up there, guys.
0: To break my three-tiered list, it's a blessing as a fan to have a new layer, a revival, a renaissance, a re of the Caroline.
1: The person who sent this to you wants to spend, you know, a moderate amount of time with you. Not forever. That's unreasonable. Divorce is inevitable. Maybe you don't share the same taste in music. Maybe you do. I wouldn't fucking know because I am not a part of your relationship. All right, I'm not a part of any relationship for that matter. You know, I I just want someone to care about me and no one fucking cares.
0: Captain KRB. All right, I know that this is a huge copy paste comment, but I'm going to do it anyway. Captain KRB has one of the most criminally underrated YouTube channels that I've ever had the pleasure of binging. Captain KRB, uh, what he does, he takes these tiny scenes from the history of modern technology and he turns them into these beautifully told stories. And as you watch, you get this beautiful sensation that the world is so much bigger and richer than it seemed yesterday. The first thing that strikes you about his work is his truly unique subject choice. He turned a Wikipedia moderation log into a philosophical drama. Hell, he made me care deeply about the endless-runner genre of casual video games, and he managed to extract one of the most fascinating stories that I've heard in a while from a comment section of an abandoned forum about the British property market in the mid-2000s. Weird origins to tell big universal stories. I love this kind of thing. And I love that he's not afraid to take his time with how he paces his work and incorporates silence. This is something that I'm trying to bring into my own work more. On YouTube, a 30 second pause where all you see is the flickering static of an old computer it feels like an eternity. In the past I've been discouraged from doing things like this, for this exact reason, It's just the insecurity that somebody might get bored and click away. I'd happily do it if I ever got a Netflix deal, but on YouTube? But as I watch Captain KRB I realise that using silence like this in space is almost even more effective for this reason. The dynamics pull you in and heighten the suspense and reward. In a rush platform, there's something really refreshing about seeing a creator that lets a piece breathe. Cheryl Hayashi. Cheryl Hayashi is an esteemed biologist whose life's work revolves around spider silk.
1: I'm here to spread the word about the magnificence of spiders and how much we can learn from them.
0: In Cheryl's words... I'm fascinated by the molecules of critical adaptive significance, particularly those that underlie the spectacular proliferation of spider silks. Stringent selective forces have moulded spider silks into fibres that outperform nearly all other biological and man-made materials. That's a lot of words. In fact, her career is full of fascinating and important words that I won't pretend to understand. But if you do, uh, when you read her biography, you'll see a lot of terms like whole gene cloning and ribosomal DNA. But in simpler words, she is the Michael Jordan of spider silk.
1: It doesn't take long from working with spiders to start noticing how essential silk is to just about every aspect of their life.
0: For this episode about curiosity, there are two quotes of hers that tell a story that we all know. The first, Cheryl quote, I certainly wasn't the kind of kid that grew up collecting bugs and spiders. This obsession that she has now with spider silk, it wasn't a night. It began when she was doing field work in Panama. Her task was to hand feed a colony of tropical spiders and it awoke something in her. Side note, that would not be my reaction at all. Just taking a guess. Now here's the second quote. This comes from after her spider awakening.
1: Both spiders and spider silk have been around for 380 million years. Personally, I find studying spider silks just fascinating in and of itself. I love when I'm in the laboratory and new spider silk sequence comes in, that's, that's just the best. <laughs> it's like the spiders are sharing an ancient secret with me and that's why I'm gonna spend the rest of my life studying spider silk.
0: Just to make sure that sinks in, the first quote, she wasn't obsessed with spiders and the second one, she feels like they're sharing an ancient secret with her and she wants to spend the rest of her life studying them. The transformation here to me is the story of malleable wonder. When I hear this, I see passion for what it is, or for what it is metaphorically. A pilot light in a barbecue. The flame is always present, but it's never significant without intervention. The trick is to notice what things are even of mild interest, and then actively turn up the heat. We'll get to how to do this in a second, but first a quick thought on why. The feeling of deep wonder is, I believe, the most sustainable fuel on which motivation thrives. For all the productivity hacks out there, and a lot of them are great, there is really nothing that can replicate true curiosity. The good news is, this curiosity is something that we can hone like a skill.
1: The next time you see a spider web, please pause and look a little closer. You'll be seeing one of the most high performance materials known to man. To borrow from the writings of a spider named Charlotte, silk is terrific.
0: As Cheryl puts it, for me, each day begins and ends with wanting to learn a little bit more about the secrets of spider silk. ChronoPhoto. This is the story about a window into the past, a world of wonder that you can access right now through your browser. But it doesn't start quite with the story of ChronoPhoto. It starts with, like, so many anecdotes that I wish I didn't tell like this. A TED talk that I heard a few years ago. This one was about a guy who took a photo of his street, the street he lived on. The photo captured part of the world that he saw every day. Something familiar, but otherwise unremarkable. Then he had that photo turned into a puzzle. As he completed this puzzle, he began to notice a few things about his street that he'd never seen before. Because he was focusing on all of the details, he discovered just new stuff. Curious architectural features, he found interesting plant life, and generally developed a much richer understanding of his street. I mean, think about something you see every day, and now if you divide it into puzzle pieces and each of those pieces gets your attention and gets your attention with the goal of hopefully making a puzzle, you have to recognise patterns, you're going to see some stuff. The thing that I love most about this story is the accidental nature of it. John Lennon, for all of his oddities, left us with a beautiful quote, that life is what happens when you're making other plans. I'd argue that this idea, it's mirrored in the process of falling in love with life's little details. Maybe it's because appreciating details isn't exactly a straightforward instruction, or maybe appreciating details isn't something that can be done consciously. Whatever the case is, I find that a secondary proxy intention, like a puzzle, is a brilliant tool to get out of your own way and actually do it. Learn to love the details. Chrono Photo to me has the exact same effect. It's a game and it works like this. You're shown five photos each from a different year your job is to guess what year the photo is from. It's like GeoGuessr, but for time. As you play, you find yourself looking for clues everywhere. You naturally look at the photo for a lot longer than you would without the lens of the game. You focus on the signs, the people, the fashion, the cars, the technology, the architecture, and literally anything else from which you can squeeze context. As you do this, two things start to happen by accident. The first is that you truly study a historic photograph. This slow but engaging use of your attention, it is a weirdly rare activity in this era of engagement bait. The second thing that happens is that you start to tap into the historicity of it all. When I began playing, I could not have told you much, if anything, about the history of hats. Once I realized how tied specific hats were to errors, I learned them to get better at the game. And as I did this, not just for hats, but hundreds more things, I began to get a better sense of where our modern sensibilities come from. Without trying, I started connecting the dots between the T-model Ford and my own car. I accidentally got a really good visual history of 20th century globalisation, and now I know that the zoot suit is the Pluto of trends, with a long orbit that brings it back into fashion every 50 years. Thanks, Michael Jordan. I recommend playing it for yourself. Chrono photo. I'll put a link in the show notes. And as you do, I hope that you learn to love the details of our history as a byproduct of playing a game. C is for curiosity. Curiosity is the unsung hero behind humanity's greatest discoveries and innovations. It's that gentle tug that pulls us towards the unknown, the whisper that urges us to ask why and how. In its essence, curiosity is a thirst for knowledge, a yearning to explore, understand, and ultimately grow. Hell yeah. Grow like a flower. Side note, my daughter is saying flower about a thousand times a day, and everything's a flower, if it's lucky. It's hilarious and awesome and beautiful. But here's the revelation. Curiosity isn't just an inherent trait. It's a muscle, and it's waiting to be flexed. Like any skill, it can be nurtured, honed, and expanded. On the flip side, it can also go unused, shrivel, and die. This second outcome has been made all too easy with social media addiction, despite the promise of connection that these services once sold themselves on. Hey, life's gonna be cool. Psych, you're addicted. I'm a big believer in how you do anything is how you do everything, So to get curious in a big way, one of your best bets is to get curious in a small way. What I mean by this is not focusing on gigantic things, not suddenly becoming an investigative journalist and dedicating your life to, I don't know, an unanswered cold case, but more trying to practice curiosity in the tiniest little slivers of moments. So then when it does come to those big moments, that muscle is ready. Henched, yoked, swole, and ready. Here are four tactics that I use regularly to grow my own sense of curiosity. First one's easy. Scroll Wikipedia instead of social media. Hey, that one even rhymes. Second one, make lists of specific things you like. This works really well if you've got a list buddy. I've got my friend Billy for this. We each challenge each other to make and share lists. Sometimes they'll be obscure, like lists of birds that go hard, which had me learn about so many cool birds. Other times there'll be things that are familiar, like top 20 albums of all time, but even that, it makes you really consider the art form. The third of the four tactics is noticing new things in familiar spots. Just like with the puzzle-making TED talk, or with Chrono Photo, I'll play a similar game in a room that I know well. First round is, what haven't I noticed in this room? The second round is, who would I have to be for this to be the first thing I noticed? So, for example, if the first thing that you noticed was some bizarre little architectural quirk that was tucked away, then the second question might get you the answer. Somebody who builds houses. They might notice that straight off the bat in the way that people who make candles notice candles or sign writers notice signs. What can be really fun is putting yourself in somebody else's shoes to actively try to see the world differently. Now, the fourth little micro tactic that I like to use to enhance my curiosity is just to think of a random subject, literally anything, and then ask, what's the greatest story never told about this subject? Curiosity is, I believe, life's purest state. Curiosity comes from asking questions you don't know the answer to, without judgment. It can be easy to invalidate ourselves out of this habit, or at least out of parts of it, And that's in part because there are just so many contexts where the pressure to be knowledgeable is a lot louder than the call of curiosity itself. I mean, if you're at work or in a schooling environment or, God forbid, in an outraged comment section, it's pretty easy to feel like your value lies in what you know, as opposed to what you want to know. This passive discouragement of curiosity, it creates this culture wherein there is more reward in appearing to have the answers than actually seeking them. Hence, I believe that one of the greatest things that we can do for ourselves and the world is to actively cultivate as much curiosity as we can muster. Curiosity is about seeing the world through ever-changing lenses. And at the heart of this lies the hope that one day the world might return the favour. We did it! Also... While I've still got you, there is a question on this podcast episode. How do you feel about this podcast episode? And I would love it if you could answer that. I'm a little bit ill this week, still recovering from moving overseas. It's been a lot, but uh, it was really, really cool to see everybody's answers last week and I don't know, just to get that nice encouragement going both ways. So yeah, chuck in your answer on the Spotify feature, share it with a friend Pretend it's a pyramid scheme that isn't going to damage everything in your world. And just share it. Share it with nine friends and ask them to share it with nine friends. That is how podcasts get out. The Amway Method. But yes, I do hope that you enjoyed this. Have a, what's a good C adjective? Campbell, that's my name. Have a Campbell of a week. (laughs) Yup, that's what we're doing. Hey, here's another C. Catch ya.
1: Goodbye.